Good morning. Today is Thursday, July 2nd, 2020. I know I start a number of stories with the introduction, this is an only in Israel story. Sometimes when I say that, it relates to the um, character or the personality that could only be in Israel. Uh, but this that I'd like to share with you today, this is literally an only in Israel story. So uh, there's a young family and they were living in Yerushalayim, a religious family. And then, um, thank God, they gave birth to a baby boy. And now the apartment is a little bit too small and they're looking for a larger apartment. So they're looking, looking, and they find an apartment and they love it. It's larger. It has beautiful light on all three sides. And they decide this is the apartment that suits us. This is the apartment that uh, we would like to rent. And so they contact the landlord and the landlord sends them a lease and he says, <coughs> excuse me, look over the lease, read it carefully, and if you agree, sign it and we'll conclude the deal. So when they received the lease, the husband read it over. The wife was busy taking care of their baby. The husband said to the wife, uh, you need to read this. The wife said, I don't have time. I, you just, you, if you agree, fine. And if there's a problem, fine. I don't have any time to read it. The husband said, no, you need to read this lease. So uh, this woman takes the lease. She reads it. And then she comes to a clause at the end of the lease. And the clause says as follows. Upon the coming of Mashiach, the Messiah, tenants agree to vacate the apartment within 15 days. Now, apparently, the apartment is owned by the owners live in the United States. So, apparently, they want to make sure that when Mashiach comes, they will have a place in Yerushalayim to live. They want to come to Yerushalayim when Mashiach comes. And uh, they want a place and they own it. It's theirs. They own it. So they're renting it out. But with the condition that when Mashiach comes, the tenants get 15 days and they have to move out. It sounds reasonable. It sounds reasonable, but it's also... It, 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 for many people, even people who are Dati, it doesn't so much enter into our consciousness this idea of Mashiach coming as an actual reality in real life. Because they thought to themselves, what happens if Mashiach does come? I mean, we daven for it, we pray for it, we talk about it every day. We say, I, I believe with a complete belief in the coming of Mashiach. And even if he delays, I will await him anxiously every single day. So what happens if Mashiach does come and this family has nowhere to live? Because presumably, if this owner family for the United States wants to come, presumably a lot of other people are going to want to come. 
and it's going to be really hard to find an apartment then. So what's going to happen to them? And then they think to themselves, well, which Mashiach are we talking about? What happens if this landlord is part of some kind of uh, fringe cult and they believe Mashiach is their cousin's dog? Oh, this is Mashiach. So all of a sudden, the cousin's dog comes. You have to leave the apartment. And it took them through a rather interesting discussion of the way that we assert that we believe things, but do we actually believe them in a real sense and think about the real-life consequences of those beliefs? Why should a person not believe that Mashiach could come at any moment and act on that belief? And so I ask you, and I ask myself, I ask myself, would I sign that lease? I'm not sure. I think maybe I would not sign it. Or maybe if I would sign it, I would uh, add more than 15 days. 15 days sounds like a short amount of time to have to move out and find something else under what can only be tumultuous tumultuous circumstances. Maybe I would say, no, you have to give me three months. Maybe that would be fair. In any event, here's the story. It was reported in Times of Israel. Here's the story that the family, the couple agreed, but they added a definition to the language. And the definition was, we told the landlord that we'd like to add in just to be sure that it must be the Mashiach that is agreed upon by the majority of Klal Yisrael, the Jewish people. And the landlord laughed out loud and he said, yes, of course, come on, we're not crazy. All right, so that's the story only in Israel. And it's something to think about. To what extent do our beliefs infiltrate the real-life decisions that we make. But such an arrangement is not completely unprecedented. If you remember, I shared with some of you before something that is absolutely fascinating. <clears throat> and the next time you go to Israel, hopefully it will be soon, you should look for this. One of the amazing things is as many times as I have had the privilege and the pleasure to visit the old city of Yerushalayim, every time I go, I find something new. I'm not anywhere near exhausting the exploring and the learning and the enjoying of what is in the old city of Yerushalayim. And each time I go, I try to give some time to exploring new things. I have been in this area, I don't know, dozens, hundreds of times. And yet on our last trip last year, I saw something that I had never seen before. And it was right there, close to the areas where everyone is walking back and forth. It was right there. It was a house of several stories, a nice house, recently renovated. 
And on the back of the house, facing an alleyway, not the main alleyway, but a smaller alleyway, maybe that's why I never saw it, and maybe I never walked down that small alleyway, but it's right there, open to everybody. Uh, there is an engraving, like one of the stones, instead of being just the stone of the wall, has an, a text that is engraved. And the text, in very beautiful letters with decorations, and here's what the text says. The text says, it identifies this house, Beit Baruch Mizrahi. This is the house of Baruch Mizrahi. First of all, that name is significant to me because I'm very close to another person whose name is Baruch Mizrahi. I refer to him as Rebbe, my Rosh HaYeshiva, the head of the yeshiva that I studied in, in Israel, in Yerushalayim, when I lived in Yerushalayim. His name is Rabbi Baruch Mizrahi. Okay, it's a common name. The plaque reads as follows. It says that this house was finished and dedicated in the year 1643. 1643. By Baruch Mizrahi and his family. And he wrote, and it's engraved in stone here on the wall, that he is leaving his house to his children and his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren to keep in their family in perpetuity. It is their inheritance to pass down generation after generation to keep it in their family. That's what he wants. The text goes on to say that there is a condition. And the condition is that he is leaving it as an inheritance to his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren in every generation, ad until, ad bias HaMashiach, until the time of the coming of Mashiach. Almanas, with the condition that, she'im trias ha'mesim, that when there occurs the resurrection of the dead, which means another one of our beliefs, that at a certain point, those righteous people who passed away will come back to a physical life, it is another fundamental belief that we assert in our prayers and within our belief system. He says, when I will come back with Yashuv Hu I want my house back. I get my house back. I'm leaving it as an inheritance. My children can use it. My grandchildren can use it for as many generations it takes until I come back. Once I come back, I want my house back. So that's a condition in the inheritance. And this goes on to say that years later, centuries later, in 1905, the descendants of Baruch Mizrahi went to Betin in Yerushalayim, and they had Betin reaffirm the uh, uh, enforceability of the conditions of this inheritance. And so they have a written judgment from 1905 
reasserting that Baruch gets to come back when he returns with Trias Amesim. It is incredible to see the connection between a family and their home in Jerusalem and to see that it is so strong that number one, they keep it in their family for 400 years and number two, that their belief is so strong that they want to make sure in legal terms that they will have the rights to it when they come back with Trias Amesim. So some families will get their houses back with Trias Amesim. Some families will get their houses back when they move because Mashiach is coming. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, these events will happen. And hopefully, somehow, Hashem will work it out that all the people living in these homes who are displaced because their owners are coming back, that they too should find an adequate place to live during the time of Mashiach. May it come soon. Bimheira, Biamenu, may it come soon.